Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. What's a Satellite Sister? The person you call when the best thing in your life happens or the worst. The person that gets you up, gets you going, and gets you through. And every once in a while, changes your mind. This podcast is part pep talk, part weekly check-in. Like grabbing coffee with a friend. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Satellite Sisterhood. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. We're so happy to be here today. I'm Leanne Dolan. I'm here in the Wondery Sunset Studio. I'm a writer and producer in Los Angeles and really looking forward to this show. Yes. <laughs> I'm Liz okay. Dolan. I'm the middle sister. I'm here with Leanne. Leanne, looking good in the sparkly sweater Thank today. Thank you. Oh, nice holiday affair. Yes. yes. Well, we have a lunch today with yes. Diane, our accountant. That's it. Yeah. Me, Liz, and Diane. It's our <laughs> mud bath production holiday party. It's going to be festive. Doing it up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, and this is Julie Dolan in Dallas, Texas. I'm the oldest sister. I'm an empty nester, an urban nana with five grandchildren, and I am adhering to my December theme, which is don't freak out. So this is mid-December. haven't freaked out yet. Maybe you should, you should all just sit back, listen to the show, and don't freak out with me. Don't Excellent. freak out. Excellent. Yeah. Do you uh, like speaking of not freaking out, can I just say, Leanne, I know I texted you in the moment, but... The Satellite Sisters uh, playlist that you did on Spotify, yeah. so delightful to listen to. I was doing a little bit of tax planning, financial management on Sunday, you know, across the board, end of year things. And I just had the Satellite Sisters playlist on there. What a great selection of songs you have there. Thank First, you. Marty Davich, your neighbor. I mean, he's great. But then, my God, there's a Gillian Welch song on there that I loved. A Hame song. Yes. Yeah. And of course, you Wayne know, Marsalis. Joni Mitchell's River, mm-hmm. but also Ben Platt's River. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I yeah. like it. I listened to it yesterday while I was preparing dinner and cleaning the dishes. It's yeah. it is good. So if you're if you're on Spotify, you can find it at Satellite Sisters Holiday Conversation. Uh, our guest from a couple weeks ago, Marty Davich, helped me put it together. So there's some songs from his new album, which yep. are beautiful. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then we put together a whole bunch of other sort of some unusual, some old fave yeah. Christmas Christmas tunes. I, yep. I just enjoyed hearing the Luther Vandross Darlene Love. Yes. Oh. Oh. Oh my God, that's Beautiful. a classic. It's, I know. It's, great. it's good for not freaking out, Liam. Okay. Yeah. That's why yeah. I was thinking of it, Julie. It's yeah. a very soothing right. but uplifting soundtrack. Thank you to Liz. the to the holiday season here. Thank you. Well, we had a request to do a dog walk playlist, so that's just, a good idea. I'm thinking about that over the holiday season. <laughs> I think that's a huge project. So I'm you excited. You may have found your calling. <laughs> I think this is it. Going back to my college DJ days. <laughs> um, what do we have on the show this week? Well, our tribute to. Six series, six seasons of Madam Secretary. Julie, the series finale this week, was it everything you dreamed of? It was, Leon, and more. Yes, it was the quintessential Madam Secretary. It was the Madam Secretary of all Madam Secretaries. And just so satisfying. I can't wait to talk with you about it and break it down, go into some of the details. Lots and lots of fun. Uh, so that was a good show. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who are new listeners, Julie and I recap Madam Secretary for five seasons. Mm-hmm. So 
So this is a special edition of our recap in the right. middle of the show. We're not even waiting to the end of the show because yeah. that's how strongly we feel about this episode. <laughs> and, the, and the recaps are all on a separate feed. If you want to listen to Satellite Sisters Talk TV, that's what the feed is named. That's exactly yep. right. Uh, Liz, you're going to talk to us about your motto, Finish Strong? Finish Strong. Apparently, like I was way ahead of the game, Leanne, scooped the New York Times who ran the story, what, like this weekend? <laughs> that we're supposed to finish strong? <laughs> I've been telling you that for a month, people. <laughs> we, do, we do that all the time. We're, we're always ahead of the game. Yeah. All right, Julie, you have some great book recommendations in your role as Urban Nana. You this, actually that, put together a book list. I have an Urban Nana um, holiday book list. These are this week I'm going to do for books for young children, maybe zero to six years old. These are some of my favorite, favorite picks for the holidays, and I want to share them with you. So all how right. about that? And I have a couple of events to announce, one in Mission Viejo in February and then one in Dayton, Ohio in April. So stay tuned for the end of the show. Both exciting. And I put links to both of those in the show notes, Leanne, already. Always at SatelliteSisters.com. All right, Jewel, what what happened this week? What were you up to this week? Well, listen, Leanne. You know that I work with a non-for-profit here in Dallas called Educational First Steps. And what we do at Educational First Steps is we don't build childcare centers. We work with centers in low-income communities in North Texas, and we transform them into nationally accredited early childhood education centers. We, and we do this to increase the availability of early quality childcare. Um, and it's really, really important. I love working there. And this past um, Friday night, we had the center directors holiday party. So these are this; these are men and women that run childcare centers all over North Texas. They got all glammed up. We came, had a nice holiday party, and we had uh, Gwendolyn Sneed, who runs um, one of the childcare centers, who is just a wise, wise woman. She she was the keynote speaker, and she talked about both the toughest days she has working with young children. She described a day where she arrived at work and found out the cook was out. One of her teachers was late. There was a toilet backing up. <laughs> okay. She had to sub in the two-year-old room. Oh, Can wow. you imagine? Okay. Yeah. And none of the two-year-olds liked the way she did wheels on the bus, okay? <laughs> and they were revolted. Okay. She was saying, so that is the day you think, well, maybe you ought to get another career. But she said the best day for her is when a family comes back, someone who's graduated from her early childhood, uh, childhood uh, education center and comes back to thank her uh, for the work that she has done. And, you know, in this time of gratitude, we we have other sisters. If you're new listeners to Satellite Sisters, in addition to Liz and Leon, we have two other sisters, Sheila and Monica, that have been on sh- our show for many years and occasionally pop up now on the show. But, you know, our sister Sheila was a, a teacher for 30 years. And, of course, she extols the delights of gift cards at this time of year. <laughs> teachers, right? Yes. But I think it's fair to say nothing tops telling a teacher thank you yeah nothing tops saying you made a difference in my life and when Gwendolyn Sneed was saying this it just made me want to reach out and thank all the teachers in my life and all the teachers that are out there all the time every day doing it for you know the one-year-olds the two-year-olds the the 18-year-olds so Mm -hmm. thank you very much so it was very inspiring to go Oh, that's a beautiful story, Julie. Yeah, it must be, you know, you sort of set these children out into the world, especially if you're in early childhood education. You don't know what happens. So to 
see someone again two years from then, 10 years from then. Like, it yeah. must be super meaningful. So, yeah. okay. Yeah. Thank you, teachers. All right, okay. Julie. And good work on that. You're the you're the president of the board this year. And no, I'm a board you? chair. Not board chair. Board chair. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that regardless, it's a big job. So yes. if, if occasionally you hear Julie leaving the show 10 minutes early, that's what she's doing. She's she's busy. Yes, yeah. Every day. Yeah. I work on it every day. Yeah. I, it's yeah. really important that everybody have access to quality child care. Excellent. You know? Excellent. Yeah. Yes. Uh, all right. Now to something a little bit more mundane, but hopefully uplifting for you, Julie. Remember about a month ago you reported on house plants? It was yeah. <laughs> satellite sisters. I was bitter. Part. I was pretty bitter about it because yeah. they, they don't do any good in terms of filtering toxins out of the air. They don't. Right? But then a, a week later, I saw a piece in the New York Times about how people in New York City and other urban areas are trading house plants and making friends. Julie, this what? is a whole thing that I didn't even know existed because I don't have any house plants. But apparently, if you are, live in an urban area and you want to make friends, what you do is you try to trade out your house plants or you take a cutting of your house plant and you use it to meet people. They're called plant swaps. And it's a way to ditch old plants, find new ones, and meet people along the way. And Julie, these are taking off. All over the world. Literally, there are global networks of people who are trying to get rid of that aloe plant. Maybe the cat is attacking it and they really want to upgrade to a cactus or they have an exotic this and they want to trade it for an exotic that. And people are getting behind it and they're meeting up on social media. Then they're meeting in real life. And, you know, they have sponsors now. They're at Athleta and Lululemon and they're trading houseplants and they're having hors d'oeuvres. <laughs> it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. I've but, never heard that. I love that. I know. I mean, it sounds, I mean, people who like plants. Uh, don't you like people who like plants? Yeah, I think it's like people who just have plants. They don't even like it. <laughs> One woman who started a whole network called PlantSwap.org, she said the idea struck her one day. She was like in her in her neighborhood in Brooklyn, and she saw a big, beautiful house plant that was just dumped in a garbage. <laughs> and she's like, there was gotta somebody be a just way. got tired of it. There's got to be a way to recycle house plants. I mean, you got to give it to these youngsters. Yes. They're just recycling everything. <laughs> They're reusing everything. I think this is great. So, Julie, even if it's not doing any good to clean the air in your house, right. you can use a plant to make friends. Yes. And I think that is a very nice idea. So I just wanted to do that follow-up reporting that now that we have a house plant desk, here it's... <laughs> Satellite I know. Yes. I know. You're going to be hearing a lot more There's about. There's a lot going on with houseplants. Yeah, <laughs> We've got some long-range projects we're working on in the, at yeah. the houseplant desk. Well, let's see. What can we talk about in 2020 that won't inflame people? Houseplants. <laughs> houseplants. Yeah. When we look forward to next year on the news front, wow. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're, it's going to be HP every week, right? Yeah. <laughs> we are going to be trying some new material. <laughs> Starting up some new desks. Okay, so, uh, yeah, a couple of uh, weeks ago, I mentioned on the show that my theme for November and December was to finish strong. That I just felt like, you know, the summer, early fall, I kind of let some key things slip you know, just generally, and that I needed to like pull myself back together and just get on the right track for the end of the year rather than waiting for 2020 to start and putting everything off until then. So I've been talking, if you 
follow the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. If you are a member, you'll see that in my Operation Sea Turtle post every weekend, I've been referring to finishing strong on a few things. Well, apparently I was way ahead of the game on this because Harry Guinness uh, in the living section at the New York Times uh, wrote this story this weekend. It's uh, The headline is, Start Living Your New Year's Resolutions Now. Yeah, no kidding, Harry. I've been, I've been saying that. For- <laughs> Do you think he listens to Satellite Sisters, perhaps? I've been saying that for a month, Harry. Uh, so the way the way I approached it is um, to I, I planned a fitness vacation over the holidays. I told you guys about that because I want to go into 2020 with some momentum. You know, like right, the right. wind at my back. Right. Uh, right. I've had slingshot a slingshot right into the next decade. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a slingshot strategy, Julie. I like the sound of that. Uh, I had a punch list of things I was getting done around the house because not everything should be all or nothing at all. You can just you can just do one thing. Right. You can just get your kitchen faucet fixed. And that's finishing strong. Uh, and then the third part of my uh thing was recruiting partners to help me so that as 2020 opens up, like I've maybe not houseplant swaps, but in other ways that I need the support of friends really have that locked in for 2020. Well, here's what it says uh, in the paper. It says a lot of people approach resolutions with an all or nothing at all attitude. They go straight from zero to 100 with no warm up or consultation with reality. So I think that's a lot of what I was sensing. It says, if someone hasn't run in years, resolving to run five days a week is a ludicrous goal and unattainable. Uh, And when they don't meet their goals entirely predictably, instead of reassessing their goal, they chalk it up as failure. There's always next year, right? So... Yeah. So, you know, that's why the, having a little momentum going into the year, it makes sense. And uh, so it says, decide that you're going to start practicing your New Year's resolutions now. And I thought that was an interesting way to think about sure, it. Sure. Ramping up. It's practicing. Yeah. It's, you know, because then you can score a few small victories. Yeah. Like, but then you're not really making a commitment. Like, so if you fail at them, <laughs> you can just ditch it as an idea. Yeah. Um, yeah. It says, right. you know, if you start practicing your resolutions now, use the remaining weeks of the year as a trial period, Julie. Oh, it's not a period. lack of commitment. It's a trial period. Okay. It doesn't matter if you mess up or miss a day. You haven't committed to anything yet. You literally can't fail. Oh. So, yeah, I think I think what they're really recommending here is low stakes. Right. <laughs> yes. You know? That's good. I no, think that's good. Not yeah, the all or nothing I mean, at all. Again, if, if we want to dovetail off my motto, don't freak out, you yes. really don't want to set up high stakes in, uh, in uh, the month of December. Yeah. Start low stakes. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, it's such a busy time of year for everyone. I know that everybody has a lot going on at work or with your social life or with your family. So you don't want to add a lot of new high stakes things into your life that you're actually trying to get done in December. But chances are you do have a little bit of extra time if you're taking time off from work. So practicing a few good habits or making a few of the friends, they're going to help you get this stuff done in 2020. I like it because I feel like if I can fix my kitchen faucet, I can do anything. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> That's the feeling it gave me. By the way, check yesterday. Done. Fixed. Yeah, done. Proud of you. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you to <laughs> Philip the handyman. 
See, that was, he was one of the partners I needed to get any of this done. <laughs> Philip, thank you. All right. Okay, uh, wait. Liz, I know, I know. I, yeah. you, have a, you have another story here. You, you thought you were done. I thought no, I was Liz. done. Then nope. I looked at the, at the rundown here. Oh, yeah. Stay I'm next strong, to... Liz. We're still in the middle yeah, of the show. Finish strong. Stay strong. <laughs> we're still at the top of the show. Okay. So I have, like, good holiday gifts and bad holiday gifts that I want to talk about. Here is something that is just super bad. So I want to say to people, before I tell you what it is, you can do better than this. And we have some solutions for you. And what you can do better than is the branded log from KFC that adds a warm fried chicken scent to your fire. Okay? That's a thing. I thought thought that was not real. I thought that was totally fake news, Liz. Well, here's what it says in the news, Julie. When KFC introduced the logs in 2018, the chain sold out its entire supply online in three hours, uh, according to the company. This year, the logs are on sale at Walmart for $18.99 in what the retailer describes as a limited-time deal. KFC would not say how many logs were available. Okay, so KFC... It doesn't matter how many logs are available. That is a terrible idea. Oh. <laughs> so, so people, if you're starting to freak out over the fact that you did not get to Walmart in time to buy a fried chicken scented uh, log, relax. We have so many better Christmas gifts for you at the Satellite Sister Shop, right? Just, you know, it's you don't have to go to any store. There's still time to order this stuff online. So I just want to recommend, uh, Julie's got a whole Urban Nana collection, right? You've got mm, the Urban yeah. Nana t-shirts and stuff, and then you've also got the Nana Camp stuff for the kids. That's right. a solid gift. I know, and that's nice. And then we're going to put it together with one of these children's books that I'm going to recommend uh, yep. this uh, at the end of the show. There, uh, there's a really nice gift. Yeah. Okay. My favorite item number two is a pillow that just says "Call your satellite sister." Okay. Oh, yeah, that's always right. appropriate. Those are nice pillows. You can put it in your own home. Give it to your friends. That is a really nice pillow. That was designed by a longtime listener. Yes. And we are very grateful for that design. So call your satellite sister. That's all there. And then I just want to say your basic tees. We have long and short sleeves, regular and plus sizes. So there's literally no T-shirt we don't have for someone uh, on your gift list. Liz has you covered. I do. I really tried to think about this. So if you go to SatelliteSisters.com, you'll see the link to the store in the upper right-hand corner. And super easy. I suggest you go now. We won't sell out quite as quickly as the stupid KFC fried chicken scented logs. Uh, But, you know, they need to print up this stuff and get it to you. Anyway, that's my recommendation. No chicken logs. Just go with the Satellite Sisterhood. All right. Thank you, Liz. All right. Stay tuned. Our uh, our salute recap to Madam Secretary is coming up. But first, we'd like to thank a few sponsors on Satellite Sisters. Hey, it's Liz and Leanne here, and we want to thank Pros for supporting this episode of Satellite Sisters. Now, you know, Liz, I've been out and about with my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical. Mm-hmm. The book is getting rave reviews. I'm very happy. But you know what else is getting rave reviews? My hair, Liz. My hair from Pros is getting... Lynn, I am not surprised. You have been on that pros hair regimen for quite a while. I mean, you have good hair anyway, but now you have great hair because you've really paid attention to it. Well, Liz, pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do. 
from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. And you know what? I love the regimen they have me on. I, do I take the hair vitamins every day? Yes, I do. Do I use my shampoo and conditioner made especially for Lee and Dolan? Yes, I do. Do I sometimes use the leave-in conditioner when I, my hair's really dry? I do. And I even have a pre-scalp thing that they give me. Okay, pros, you, you're the boss. I'll take it. <laughs> you tell me what my hair needs. That sounds good. And here's the thing. It's personalization, Liz. For yeah. millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely Lian's. Okay? And I'm I'm using it. Pros mm -hmm. isn't just better for you. It's also better for the planet, Liz. They're a certified B Corp, cruelty-free, and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. So, pros, we love you. I love the photos of my hair. Couldn't be happier. <laughs> photos of your hair. There are people in the photos, too. That's the thing about a book tour. Everybody yeah. has their picture taken with Leon and then post it. So yeah. the hair is important. <laughs> Couldn't be happier, pros. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin. They're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash sisters. So you get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash sisters. And pros is spelled P-R-O-S-E, pros.com slash sisters. Thanks, pros. Okay, now this is a big finish. Talk about ending 2019, finishing strong. The Madam Secretary recap. I can't wait to hear what you guys have to say. Yeah, I actually miss our fake Madam Secretary theme song music. <laughs> I, <should've, laughs> I know. I should have had that in the queue. All right, this week was the series finale. They had a short season this year, 10 episodes. We weren't able to do our regular recap because of some scheduling issues. But we wanted to salute this fantastic TV show because we enjoyed it for all six seasons. Didn't we, Julie? We did. I mean, it was so unique that there was, you know, a, a female role model. First, she was Secretary of State, and then she became President of the United States. Uh, and each week, we just took a journey with uh, with our, you know, uh, Secretary of State or our President, Elizabeth, and it was great. Yeah, I just thought this was a super satisfying end to a really wonderful show. She was a smart, accomplished woman, she was married in a good marriage to a decent, accomplished husband. They had a very supportive marriage. They had three pretty interesting kids. And I, and I know that doesn't sound like, a, like an earth-shattering premise for a TV show, which mm -hmm. is why there aren't any TV shows about <laughs> yes. things like yes. this. Because it's much easier to pitch a show about a woman who's, like, battling her demons. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like oh, The anti-hero. Yeah. Juicy yeah. trouble carrier. Okay. <laughs> Character. Fine. But I liked Elizabeth Bacord because she was out there just trying to do the right thing every day. And she had a team around her that was also supporting her. So, and uh, I loved all the international topics, particularly yes. in the early um, seasons. Every week it was a crisis somewhere in the world. And somehow she'd have her light bulb moment and solve the uh, crisis in a diplomatic form. Uh, so that was uh, very satisfying. Right. And it managed to bridge sort of this international big political storyline and these very simple domestic storylines that managed yeah. to merge those. I just thought every season there was something we learned and something we liked and something we wanted to wear. You know, her <laughs> yes. hair her hair went through a lot of transformations. Uh -huh. That happens uh -huh. in real life. Yes. Her husband's hair did. Really, all the characters' hair went through a lot of transformations. <laughs> and that yeah. kept it lively as well, Joel. <laughs> so we have some thoughts on this final episode. Uh, first of all, I felt like going back in time and, you know, proof positive that people listen to Satellite Sisters. I mean, the ERA was in there. 
I mean, yes. I, I'm still mad. I'm as mad as I was when I was 13. <laughs> and that thing didn't pass. Still mad about it. It's the Equal Rights Amendment, people, if you haven't oh. been paying attention for the last 20, 30 years. I've been furious for 40 years. We still don't have one, just FYI. And when when they brought that up in this story, I just screamed. I was like, yes, she's going to pass the Equal Rights Amendment. They're doing it. There was. We, act- I mean, we could all get behind that. We were all happy when she started out on her train tour. Yeah, that yeah. was awesome. Yeah. There was axe throwing, Julie. We've covered that on Satellites. Sisters. Yes, we have. Yeah. Yes, wow. we have. Yeah, Liz. I'm going to have uh, to watch this. An international incident in Argentina. Uh, they were oh. they, they were going to have a coup, but fortunately, Russell and Bess were able to step it in, step in, and with a wedding invitation, somehow settled the uh, settled the coup. So uh, that was good too. Yeah. Yeah. There was we got a Chloe flashback. <laughs> you know, we worried Whoa. about Chloe for years. She was stuck in that stroller. Poor Jay. He had oh yes. Childcare going was... through the divorce. Jay returns triumphantly. Right off the bat, mentions Chloe. I screamed at that, Joel. <laughs> I, di- I did, too. Jay is back, and he's going to have another baby. So I guess he's going to get back to using his number one prop in the show, which was the stroller. He'd have some <laughs> other babies strapped in there. But, yes, we had a lot of fun with that over the years, Leanne. <laughs> and then, unbelievably, Liz, did you see the episode? No. You can, yeah, unbelievably, Liz. Um, uh, sorry, my phone's going off. Um, <laughs> uh, unbelievably, Two of the characters thought their big break from leaving the White House was going to be to become podcasters. That was it. <laughs> okay. That's when you know it's fiction. Yeah. Fiction. Okay. Well, so, that does happen to some ex-White House people now. Yeah. You know, it seems to be a career path. That's what I hear, Liz. I don't know who you're talking about, but that's what I hear. But they set this all with a White House wedding. How great was that, Joel? The wedding was amazing. Okay, you you can't beat it. It's a wedding. We're re- and we were really happy for Stevie, who was marrying Dimitri. Now, yes. Stevie, as you know, when she started the series, she had a several poor choice bo- boyfriends yes. mm-hmm. every, all the mm-hmm. time before she met Dimitri. And poor Dimitri, I feel like he deserves all the happiness in the world because, you know, he had to put up with torture, then he had substance abuse, and then he would, went to Alaska, and he had to leave his homeland. So he's been through quite a quite He really a bit. has. I mean, that's a guy, you know, from Witsec to the White House. I mean, that's quite a journey, really. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. So, and Liz, here was the deal. Like, uh-huh. they were going to have an off-site wedding, but, oh, my gosh, the wedding venue burned down hours before the wedding. You're kidding. Well, that even... was great. So, and it just meant that everybody could get dressed up. It also meant that Blake, one of our favorite characters, would have an opportunity to just sing, which we were always asking for yes. watching uh, Madam Secretary. Yes. Or episodes where they're singing. Right. And he was dreamy in it, wasn't he? Oh, uh, he yeah. He was really quite the crooner. So I, I really enjoyed that. Well, yes. that was one unique thing about that cast on Madam Secretary. A lot of them were like... Broadway babies, yes. you know, and Blake is Eric Bergen, right? In yes. real life? Tony yeah. Award-winning Eric Bergen. <laughs> yes. yes. Okay. So, yeah. So he was singing, which is unusual to have your guest, who is also the, like, assistant to the President of the United States, <laughs> be the wedding singer. But, you know... <laughs> They do what they need to they do did in they, that family. They it seems seamless. It was it was absolutely <laughs> seamless. Lynn, did you even know? And so to have the whole premise of the wedding, Liz, just allowed all these people who had left the show to come back uh, for, you know, mm-hmm. for a cameo and to uh, for the wedding. Like even President Dalton, who is really as dull as uh, a brick, he managed to he managed to show up for the wedding. He he uh, he uh, over he um when he officiated the vows. Oh, oh. He did a pretty good job. He was pretty perky. I like seeing him. 
I think he made a few too many jokes. I don't like when the officiants make jokes. Would you? Okay. And then the vows were, that was an extensive vow that Stevie gave. So it was a nice moment. It was an extensive yeah. vow. Also, Liz, having the wedding gave Henry the chance to make another long, drawn-out Thomas Aquinas. Oh, I- <laughs> and that that does not happen on a lot of TV well, shows. No, no. So that well, isn't, he is an ethicist, right? Was yes. that, that's where he started his career. Yes. Though he ended it in all of those Oval Office meetings. Where, we don't know why. Where there's real, rarely an ethicist on board. <laughs> Lately. Just take your take your husband a work day. I don't know what he's been doing all season sitting in the Oval, but he is doing that now. And but, Leon, did you happen to notice that the sweater guy who used to work on SEAL Team Zero with Henry when he was over at the CIA, he was he was one of the co-workers with Dimitri that for a while we thought may have, may be a spy. He was at the axe-throwing bachelor party. Did you notice he was one of the guys there? Yeah, I did, I did notice that because I like yeah. on these shows when they, they've they never focused on people's friends, so then they yeah. have to cook up all these friends. <laughs> Even on Friends, when they had other friends over, they were just faceless people. Yeah. But, Julie, they did cook up a couple of Russian cousins, and you're a yes, Russian expert. I, so well, did you I enjoy love Vlad, Vlad, yeah. who went to a... a tanning salon Liz for for the big day so came out a little over tanned uh, a little sunburned there but he was uh, he was he looked like he was going to be good fun he was good fun at the bachelor party and he looked like he was going to be good fun at the reception yeah I'm only sorry that we didn't get a rehearsal dinner moment because they were having the bachelor party the night before the wedding which always seems crazy to me I don't understand why that happens Uh but then we did get that nice toast at the wedding from Henry so I guess that may up for the fact that we didn't get a rehearsal dinner. I know I'm the only one that cares about it. But um, <laughs> I care, Liam. Okay, no, thanks, Joel. I, I care. All right. I'm totally going to watch this Nadine, episode. Who was one of, she was one of the Secretary of State's chief assistants when she when the show first started. But I did some deep research, which is not true, but <laughs> I found out that B.B. Newworth, who played the role of Nadine, was doing a play in Philadelphia and unable to attend the filming for this final episode. That would have been really wonderful. Yeah, I'm glad been nice. there were no hard feelings or anything right. in real life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. In other words, you're believing their cover story about the hard feelings. Yes, yes, I am, Liz, because this this episode had a happy ending, and you're not going to ruin it for me. Yeah, no, okay, what, it yeah. did. When she went off on that train to like sell the ERA across America, hashtag she's my president. That was a good moment. Let's hold on <laughs> yes. to that. Let's hold on to it forever. All right. We have had some special requests to address the hair situation all season yeah. long on Elizabeth. Uh, now, uh, now that what she's, do you think, Leanne? Well, what do you now think about that she's hair? become the president, I guess they decided that they needed to put her in a fancy updo. And it honestly looks like she's walked off the set of Little Women right into the <laughs> Oval Office. I mean, that <laughs> hair is from like 1882, isn't it? Is that me, Jill? Or is she wearing like pioneer girl hair? What was that hair? I, I don't know. It looked just extremely complicated You're every complicated. day, you know, just extremely complicated. Like you wouldn't have time to do that if you're dealing with multiple international no. crises every day to have to have that updo. Who does it? Does I don't Henry know. do her hair? I don't, I don't know. know. You know? We don't know. We don't know. So I was glad to see in the wedding, you know, we're going to talk about the dress. Spectacular. Uh, but in the wedding, they did soften that look. It was much more modern. But mm-hmm. then she was back to Laura Ingalls Wilder there. <laughs> I don't know. And then, <laughs> what's so funny about this to me is you can't really talk about 
women women in politics hair in real life, right? Like if she was really the president, right. we would never be dissing her hair. No. But the fact that she's a fictional character yes. on a TV show, Thank we're you, totally Liz. allowed Thank to take you. on That's, the it's hair. Wide open. Yeah, yeah. It's it's there's a world of difference here. I, I people. agree. Yes. I agree. Yeah, and that's and they could. Again, they have professional stylists. Like someone really thought through her hair. That's <laughs> they their made that decision. Job on yeah. set. <laughs> okay, and then just another hair note. Remember last time we saw my boyfriend Eric Stoltz, who plays yes. like the brother, the you know the brother, the doctor without the doctor borders, yep. blah blah blah. He had he had a shag haircut. Yeah, that something was like, bad had happened. It was to Eric long Stoltz's. and shaggy. Yeah. Now he's got that cleaned up, but did. It was it. Am I crazy? Did Eric Stoltz and President Dalton have the same haircut now? <laughs> yes, like they did. kind of awkwardly long and yeah, yeah, what? like really, yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> so they also used the same hairdresser. <laughs> All right, and maybe Matt. Matt had a little too much facial hair, head hair going on. I don't know. He needed he needed some grooming. Uh, so I think he needed some Harry's products or something. There he was. That, when he, he did need up. Harry's. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he was supposed to be now like the screenwriter on the West Coast. But yeah. like you, you don't have ties in Los Angeles. I mean, yeah. he didn't wear a suit and tie to the wedding oh. at the White House. It's ridiculous. I would <laughs> yeah. like to go on record that was, saying. Yeah, that was wrong. Yeah. Totally. Wrong. We have yeah. ties in Los Angeles. Men here <laughs> wear them. My husband wears one every day. All right. Yeah. There you he go. He is the only man now in Los Angeles. we have to talk there. about the ties. Madam Secretary, yeah. when she became president, started wearing a blouse with this tie thing, this like neck thing. It was yeah. like, I don't know why she was wearing that. I don't, I, it looked, it didn't look comfortable. No. It wasn't flattering. And it looked like it would get in the way or you might get caught on something. <laughs> yeah. It. it also. Like getting in and out of Air Force One, you know, the helicopter or something, you know, yeah. that to like fly up in the blades. I, I was worried about that. Uh, so it's, I, all, it's also something that if she really were the president in the real world, like, Day one, there would be a story in the New York Times style section, yes. like, what's the deal with the ties? Uh, and they would yeah. have, so, like, if they used it in the story, I think it would have been funny, like, uh-huh. to actually yeah. mention it over the course of the season. like About how ridiculous how it ridi- is. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm sticking with this. This is my thing. I'm making a subversive political statement. Uh-huh. But they didn't. They just let everyone in America go, why is she wearing a tie? This is so <laughs> distracting. And it All wasn't right. tied in a bow. It was just kind of just, looped over. It wasn't, I, no. I don't know. Yeah, it was okay. distracting. That it's was meant to symbolize thing. something. Yeah. Something. Yeah. The fine yeah. line women in power have to walk. Yes. Is that, is that what uh, we're going with no, that? No, just don't wear it. Just okay, wear fine. the blouse. <laughs> yeah, she's but already the I, president. Yeah. 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 All right, so now we're going to go into binders full of blouses. Julie, you first of all, let's just talk about this episode. But you shocked us by saying you have an all-time best list, so that's exciting. You did some work. <laughs> I, I on do, this. but let's first talk about this ep- episode. Leanne, that wedding dress. Oh. I don't know where you go to rent the runway. Go somewhere. You d- order that. So even though I know your sons are nowhere near getting married, you wear that to their wedding because <laughs> okay. that is beautiful. And I'm going to wear it too. I'm going to get it in my size. You get it in your size. We're both going to wear that to one of your son's weddings because it. That was the most beautiful sort of gray with pink flowers. It was feminine, but it was strong. It looked comfortable, uh, and it was just elegant. Yeah, the mother of the bride dress that she was wearing was spectacular. We got a lot of uh, we got a lot of uh, applause for that over on the Facebook page too. She looked great. 
So I would have to say my, did you have any other um, comments? No, that's about, all I had. That's all I had. So yeah. yeah, go for it. I just have thought back about the binders of blouses. I mean, the show, you know, was really, you know, a role model show. And it was, you know, it was interesting to watch over the six seasons. You know, just the, the great clothes she wore that were powerful, that were feminine, that were unique. And for me, one was Elizabeth's white blazer. I mean, anytime yeah. she wore that, I just, she looked fabulous in it. She looked powerful. It sends all the right messages. You know, it, it's historic, maybe tied to the suffragette movement. I don't know. But it always, I, I would never be able to pull off a white blazer. I'm sure <laughs> I know. I'd get dirty before I got in the office. But I just love that. Second favorite, all-time favorite outfits was the blue, sort of light blue wool coat by yes. Max Mara. I mean, she wore that in a lot of outside scenes when she was talking, you know, walking in the park with the Chinese ambassador <laughs> or something. It just looks so great with Taya Leone's eyes and everything. And third was that Vince Camuto fitted crepe gown with a, with a kind of little cape, oh, the cape. And, the sh- and the chandelier earrings that she wore. That was a knockout because it yeah. is hard to wear formal wear and be professional, be feminine, be mm-hmm. gore, you know, gorgeous. And it was all, all of that. So yeah. for me, those, thank you very much, Elizabeth. Thank you for, you know, for your six years, for your service to the country and for wearing some really outstanding clothes. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, it was a great way to wrap the season. I'm, I'm checking to see if I can find out who, who did that mother of the bride dress, but we'll get back to you I looked up, Lee, and I couldn't find couldn't it Couldn't find yet, it. So. It'll, it'll yeah. surface somewhere. Some, yeah. Actually, I bet someone in the Satellite Sisterhood will be able to tell us the designer of that dress. But yeah, shout out to the team there at Madam Secretary. We've really enjoyed the show for six years. Mm-hmm. Well, that lasted so, a long time, our it tribute. Did. Yeah. We're going to have to bump a couple of other segments, but I think you'd, you know, you gave the series finale the attention it deserved. Yeah. It was it was important culturally and fashion-wise. It was. <laughs> well, you know, the again, there are just very few shows with women in roles that kind of reflect how women operate. And yeah. I just felt like that show was Really subtle in the way that it portrayed that. And also very few shows on TV where you see a happy, supportive marriage. Yes. And so yeah. I think yeah. that speaks to me, you know. As That's someone. what you always said about Friday Night Lights, too. Yes. That you like Friday Night Lights for the same reason. Right. You thought the husband-wife thing was very important right. to what ma- made that show work. And the OC, which is yes. maybe a surprising choice on that <laughs> really? list. But, yeah. The oh, pa- I guess. Those parents, The yeah. parents in the And it OC. was nice to see the kids grow up and the yeah. kids, you know, and they were fun and uh, and real in many ways. Right. So that was good. Yeah. Right. All right, Julie, you had one more story. Then I, we're just, go to break. I just wanted to say congrats in real life. Congratulations to Finland's new 34 year old female prime minister, Sana Marin. She was the former transport minister and she is now tapped to run the to be the prime minister. She's the youngest head of government ever. And she was voted in by a co- with a coalition of parties, interesting sisters, four other, four other of the parties in her coalition have female leaners. So there's a lot of girl power going on in Finland. Uh, and she seems like, you know, even she's young, but I think she's going to be our role model. You know, she was raised by a single mom and her single mom was in a same sex relationship. So she's a big supporter of gay rights. And she's also a new mom. She has an 18-month-old ch- uh, daughter as well. And I just wish her and Finland and all the women over there doing their <laughs> working for the government, doing a good job. Yeah. Doing the job. All right. Yeah. Yay, Finland. 
Right. Finland and New Zealand. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. All right. We're the Satellite Sisters. Stay with us. We have Entertaining Sisters up next. First, though, we want to thank our sponsors. Liz and Leanne here, and we are so grateful to have Osea support Satellite Sisters. Why? Because it's just a great product. Holy cow, do we we love Osea's skin and body care. And you know what? This Mother's Day, just look no further than Osea. Spoil the moms in your life with the little luxuries from Osea. The moms, the stepmoms, the bonus moms, the people who bring a touch of something special to your life aunts, grandmothers, they would love a little Osea this Mother's Day. And you can get 10% off your first order by using our code SATSISTERS at OseaMalibu.com. And Liz, you know what every mother and mother figure needs? What? More moisture, Liz. They need more moisture in their skin. (laughs) In their skin. I mean, really, the creams, the lotions, the oils, I love it all. That duo they have going. Like, you can't miss with the duo of Osea. Liz, the Mega Moisture Duo, you can you can literally see your skin get firmer, and it just delivers this full body glow. Okay, you know we have raved about the Andaria Algae Body Oil. Mm-hmm. Well, pair that with the Andaria Collagen Body Oil. Youthful, yeah. Liz, a youthful yeah. glow is going to happen, <laughs> and it's infused with Osea's signature Andaria Seaweed, so it just smells so delicious, doesn't it? I know you're talking about giving it as a gift. I also suggest just giving it to yourself (laughs) because you're worth it. (laughs) That's that's true. That is absolutely true. Okay, that moisture duo I mentioned too is a great value because you can save 16% plus the extra 10% with our code SAD Sisters. So this is it. This is a win-win-win Mother's Day gift. Spoil the moms in your life with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code SATSISTERS at OseaMalibu.com. And you get free samples in every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Osea is spelled O-S-E-A. So head on over to OseaMalibu.com and use code SATSISTERS for 10% off. Thanks, Osea. All right. Next week on the show, we're doing a holiday special. So I just want to let people know that one of our favorite guests from last year is returning. Claire Tanzi will be here. She is the author of the cookbook Uncomplicated. She's a big hit on our Facebook page. People have big hit. Love Mm -hmm. that book. People love making her recipes. Yeah. You know why? Because they're uncomplicated. They're uncomplicated. Thank you, Liz. (laughs) Yes. Uh, and I know she's working on a new cookbook, so I'm super happy that she's doing this because when I emailed her, I got a, one of those auto responses back like, hey, recipe testing. If I don't get back to this right away, that's why. So uh-huh. good for you, Claire. But she's coming on next week. We're going to talk about holiday entertaining and food and a couple of other things. So uh, excited to have Claire back on Satellite Sisters. Okay. I wanted to mention one thing that is Tangentially related to Satellite Sisters. Uh, Listeners know I do another podcast called Safe for Work. It's a workplace advice show. And, you know, it's the time of year where there are a lot of best of lists uh, being published. And Safe for Work made a best of list that says these are the best podcasts of 2019. Your ears and your commute will thank you. And this is at Cosmopolitan.com. So Safe for Work is on there. They picked shows specifically 
specifically that were shorter. You know, that show was only like 40 minutes. Okay. Uh, because they, they, they wanted things that were like the average commute time. Anyway, very happy to make a best of list. Congratulations uh, to you, Enrico. Yeah. Thank you. My co-host is Rico Galliano. He's great. But also the reason I wanted to mention it is because coming up on the Safer Work episode on December 30th, longtime satellite sister Erin is going to be our guest because oh my gosh. this is how Isn't the satellite this is how the satellite sisterhood works. We got a letter from a military spouse asking for our advice about how should she manage her career, what should she say on her resume, if she knows she has to move around a lot to follow her a soldier. And uh, we know because Erin tells us about it. Erin writes the Deployment Diatribes, which is a blog she's been doing for a long time, and she's currently posted in Beijing with her husband, who is at the U.S embassy there. So we've heard a lot about her life of, as a military spouse over the years. So I just, I like emailed her. She emailed me right back. I was like, what advice would you give this woman? She sent me such good advice that we just had her on the show. Yeah. I was like, why am I going to read an email from Aaron when we can just get Aaron on the show? So, uh, so if you subscribe to Safe for Work on the December 30th episode, you will get a chance to hear Satellite Sister Aaron giving her advice to another Satellite Sister who's looking for uh, how she should plan her career with the particular kinds of challenges she has with a husband in the military. So there you go. Okay, great. All right. And if you haven't listened to Safe for Work, please do. I mean, yeah. I listen. and I, I know. I listen. I'm I mean, shocked you know, at the good advice Liz gives. <laughs> it's I mean, it's, really. it's advice for life, not only for work. It yeah. is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I keep yeah. saying to my husband, you should listen to Liz's advice show. She's really good at it. So, uh, uh, yeah. Well, I just, I mean, my premise is people want their work to be satisfying, and it could be. Like, if you should try to make it satisfying. So, like, some of it is life adjustment. Some of it is work adjustment. Some of it is just learning to live with a crazy colleague or, like, a non-communicative boss, whatever. But, you know... I want you to find more satisfaction in what you're spending so much time doing every day. That's my goal. Well, Liz, that comes through. You have great advice over there. All right. Well, I think this is a first. We're doing the Urban Nana's Holiday Book List, okay? I decided that I'm going to make recommendations of books that I would buy for my grandchildren and you might want, would like for the young people that are on your gift list. So this week, it's part one. So these are three books uh, that are really for children maybe one to six. My first choice is something called Little Mole's Wish. And this is by the South Korean author Sang-Koon Kim. And it's a story of a lonely mole who befriends a snowball. Okay. Oh, my God. Okay, okay, okay. There's a grandmother in the story, okay. so that's good. But I love this book because it has dreamlike illustrations. It's perfect for nap time or bedtime because it doesn't have too much text. You know, I mean, you don't, yeah. you don't want to skip pages. And it is a delight, a charm. It's called Little Mole's Wish. My second book is Home in the Woods by Eliza Wheeler. And we have all of these books. We'll list them um, on our website. And this is, you know, grand grandchildren or all children demand good stories. They don't want just nice pictures. They want a real story. And I love this story. Leon, it's a little like The Little House in the Prairie or Little okay. House in the Woods. It's about a humble life of a family that 
lived in the woods and how children work together to make their fun. Uh, and what I like in this book in particular are the detailed illustrations. They're, they're good for like talking about the book after you read the story. You can go back and you can follow their path through the wood or you can see what they, household items they had. So ideal for chatting with your grandchildren afterwards. And then the third book is The Big Book of Beasts by Yuval Zomer. And this is just fun, fun, fun info on animals. And so, and this is not the kind of book that you're going to read all the way through, but you're going to stop on maybe the page that's about claws and jaws, okay? Mm -hmm. It's a whole page on animals that have claws or jaws. So you can learn about anteater's claws or vampire teeth. I mean, just good fun information that all five and six-year-olds want to know. Or maybe you want to know why baboons are so grumpy and fight so much. Mm. That's included in the book, too. So, <laughs> those, so I bet those there's a narwhal great. in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. What? I bet there's a narwhal in there somewhere. I, I th- Liz, I'll go back and check. Uh, we'll, we'll do some deep research on that. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, Julie, I like this segment. I like that you're recommending those picture books, and that is such a beautiful, wonderful time of life when you can read. You know, they just yeah. love their books so much, that that age group. It's so fun to read. Makes me yeah. makes me a little misty-eyed thinking about yeah. it. Yeah, and so next week I'm going to do for slightly older children, Great. maybe 6 to 12. I'll, I'll have some selections of books that you might want to consider. Hey, you know, maybe you should put that list also on the Facebook group, too. Can I will. Do that I will do that. Okay, okay. thank Excellent. you, Leanne. All right. I wanted to mention a couple of events. So I, I feel like it's entertaining. Yes. <laughs> so I think it qualifies <laughs> as entertaining sisters. Uh, the first is my first appearance for my new book, The Sweeney Sisters. Mm-hmm. Uh, my book is coming out April 28th. So mm-hmm. April 28th, 2020. I know mm-hmm. it seems like a far, a long time away, but no, it's really yeah. not. Reviews are starting to come in. Can I say I got a really nice review in Publishers Weekly this week for the yes. book, which really made me happy and there have been Congratulations. some advanced copies out there, and they're getting good reviews on Goodreads. And one of our Satellite Sisters posted a good review in the Facebook group, so I really appreciate that. That's kind yes. of a scary gamble, like you don't know. Boy, I hope people like it. So now <laughs> that people like it, there's a little bit more confidence to promote it a little bit. So um, the publisher is sending me out in advance of the book to do some panels with some other authors from William Morrow. And so my first appearance will be Sunday, February 16th uh, in Mission Viejo, which is in southern Orange County, close to north uh, San Diego County. This is quite a... This is quite a deal. They have a great book. I've told you about Book Club Girl. You can go there. That's William Morrow. They're trying to get you excited about all the new books that are coming out, HarperCollins. But I'll be appearing with five other authors, including Kate Quinn, Jill Shalvis, who's very popular, Zoe Fishman, Georgie Blaylock, and Elise Hooper. I'm on a panel. But you get a big swag bag, which will include most of the books and my book. You will get an advanced oh. copy of The Sweeney Sisters. Oh, that's so, a good reason to get a ticket to that. Yeah, so it's tickets. It is $25. It's a ticketed event, uh, but there are appetizers and a swag bag, <laughs> So and me. So I would love it if some Satellite Sisters were represented. It would be mm-hmm. fun to see people. The second thing I'm doing is not book-related, but it's really fun for me. I'm going to be on the faculty at the Irma Bombeck Writers Workshop. <laughs> 
I know. So perfect. Who place. knew there was even such a thing? I, I mean, love it. This is really a dream come true because for 20 years, Liz branded me like the new Irma Bombay. <laughs> and I know there are a lot of writers out there that say that. And I, she's someone I admire no, but you really are. greatly and have a ton of respect for her at uh, her alma mater, the University of Dayton, Ohio, University of Dayton. They've been re- holding this writer's workshop, I think, for 10 years now. It's every two years. I was invited two years ago, but I couldn't do it because of a schedule scheduling conflict. So I'm very excited that I'm available this year. I'll be moderating two panels on um, on writing about your family in a funny way. Uh-huh. So I'm glad I was tapped for that. Yeah. Panel. That's yeah. a good one for me to moderate. You know a lot about that. Yeah. Uh, so, um, but here's the deal. The tickets go on sale December 12th for this four-day writing workshop, the mm-hmm. Irma Bombach Writers Workshop. It sells out within hours. So, like, or an hour. You yeah. literally have to, like, get on it. So if you're a humor writer or you'd love to be a humor writer or if you're working on writing and want to inject more humor, there's a great faculty, including writing from writers from The Simpsons and Pulitzer Prize-winning writers and New York Times bestselling authors. So I encourage you to go to the website, but you got to get on it December 12th. And then also shout out to the Satellite Sisters in Dayton, Ohio. I think we have a few. So mm-hmm. if I can, I'll try oh. to arrange a meetup with you. But uh, so let me know. Join our you Facebook just, the group. The whole Midwest. Just come to Dayton. Woo! Don't say that, Liz. I, I, but yeah, so because I'll okay. be working, but I'll try to find some meetup time uh, to do that for Satellite Sisters who don't want to come to the conference but do want to meet up. So that will be so fun for you. It will really be fun. I'm excited. I'm super excited to do it and uh, to go to Dayton, Ohio and to, to hang around with other humor writers and stuff. I, I very rarely get to do these writing conferences because I'm busy doing other things. So this is just... busy writing. Yeah. <laughs> Are talking. So this just happened to work out this year, timing wise. So it's in, it's no Tuesdays are involved. That's when we do the show. So it really just worked out. But the registration for the conference December twelfth. The conference is April first through fourth. I think I should have said that April first through fourth. All right. Uh, is that is that all the self promotion? <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. No, list. but it's not self promotion because people want to know. People right. always want to see you. They ask all the time for you to tip them off when you're going to be a place. So now you have plenty of warning. You've got February and April. That's good. Right. And there are other dates coming up. I will know more about my book tour um, after the first of the year. I'm actually like in a series of events. I'm redoing my personal website. We're putting together some of the book tour dates. I would also say if you were out there and you were looking for a speaker of your for your organization and you have a budget to fly me in, fly me in. Uh, I would love ah. to do that. You know, that's part of it. The publisher doesn't just send me everywhere. You know, it's an expensive mm-hmm. kind of operation. So we want to make it worthwhile and be able to do it. And there's no place that's off limits for me. But, you know, they definitely have a they have a budget. I have a budget. So if you have a budget for a speaker and travel, let me know. I would love to do that. The book comes out April 28th. And I really appreciate all the people that have pre-ordered the Sweeney Sisters. That makes a huge difference. I also appreciate the people that went into their indie bookstores and pre-ordered. That makes a huge difference. That's helpful. Yeah. You know, if you're wondering why, it's because there are a lot of books that come out. 
Yeah. So if you go in and pre-order a book now that comes out in April, that's a sign to the book buyers. They're like, hey, someone's really interested in this. And they may add a few more orders on to your pre-order. Like, mm-hmm. oh, well, you want two copies? Well, we'll just we'll make it 10 copies. And that is great. That's a great way to spread the word. Uh, same with libraries. Several people have gone into libraries and asked. And, you know, that is also good because libraries place big orders. So really, really thanks to the people that have done that. It's a... It's a it's a dog eat dog world the book <laughs> business. So I appreciate all the support. Uh, okay. Anything? No. Okay. I think we're we're just about up to it. Okay, that's it. Wrapping it up. We're up to the to do list. All right. So. Well, we have to thank Sergio Enriquez, oh, yeah, our course. engineer. Thanks yeah. to Every Sergio week. for making us sound great. We would also like to thank our sponsors for this week's Satellite Sisters. We appreciate your support. And really, Satellite Sisters, we appreciate your support of our sponsors. It makes a huge difference. Thanks to the whole team at Wondery for supporting us here at Satellite Sisters. All right. It is time for our to-do list. Uh, Liz, <laughs> your surprise to-do list. What do you got going, Liz? Okay. Here's what, because I've told you, it's all about the wind at my back, the finishing strong. Here's what I decided to do. I I know I complain about HOA, HE double hockey sticks. Yes, that, yes uh, you do. The vibe in my building is not as friendly and um, cordial as I would like it to be. So because I'm going to be home for most of the holidays, I am actually going to organize a little holiday open house for my neighbors. So Whoa, I'm doing that. Okay. Now, I, a, I originally thought of only inviting the second floor people <laughs> yeah. because, as you know, we all, we're fine. The second floor people are fine. Is the first floor people that are not? Then I thought that would be unkind, wouldn't it? it to only unkind. invite the second floor? Yes. Right. Right. So I'm because they would hear it down on the first floor, the party on the second floor. Yeah, and they complain. <laughs> they complain, Liz. So you better invite them. Anyway, so I just decided I'm going to go for it. Super casual, open. I was inspired by a woman in the Facebook group that said that's what that she and her husband decided to do over the holidays. They just have a little open house window of opportunity, like come on by, stop in. So I'm going to do that. There you go. That's on my to-do list. That finishing strong. I have Liz. to set the date. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Okay. finishing strong. Finishing strong. Leon, you. Your to-do list item is unusual. Okay. Well, I just mentioned I'm redoing my personal website in anticipation. Uh So I wanted to get some new headshots taken. I I need Mm -hmm. to fit a certain format. I know we had some headshots done last year. One of the... I guess silver linings to having cancer is have, have cheekbones again. I've lost some weight. So I'm, I'd like to capture this moment in time. <laughs> so I thought, oh, okay, I'll just get some fresh shots taken. And fortunately, I gave birth to a photographer. My son is yeah. a professional photographer. So I had him, on, had him on tap for Monday, got my hair done Saturday, thought I could preserve it, went in, got a good haircut. Yeah. I got in the car, you know, did that look in the rearview mirror like, okay, this is exciting. Somehow, in between going into the hair salon and getting in my car, I sustained an eye wound. (laughs) My eye was wounded. My right eye Mm -hmm. just did not look. You you have no idea how this happened? I don't know how it happened. I don't recall any pain. I don't recall any agitation. I just know that I had a big old bloody red eye when I got back in the car. Yeah, bad. And I'm supposed to get headshots (laughs) You don't want to preserve that. No. And I know you can Photoshop it, but there is a psychological, you know, thing when your eye is all janky. Of course, I feel pretty. Yes, I I could barely drive home. I could. I was just so upset and exhausted. I couldn't look in my eye. I was hungry because I'd been there forever. I felt like Sheila. I was like, (laughs) this is what happens to our sister Sheila every day. She gets an eye wound. Yes. 
So I get home and unbelievably who shows up at my door five minutes later, but our sister Sheila. Uh-huh. And I pointed to my eye wound and of course she's like, oh, that's happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> Long story short, I've recovered. Yes. New headshots tomorrow. Okay. That's happening. That's okay. happening. Julie, right. what do you got on your to-do list? Well, I was at the doctor's office, saw a Good Housekeeping magazine, and it had an article about how to gift wrap using dish towels or tea towels for the holidays. So I have to go to a gift exchange tonight. This is my book club. We don't buy each other gifts. We we bring books that we've read that we enjoy, and we wrap them up, and we do that as our gift exchange. It's uh-huh. a good idea. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's really fun. So my to-do this afternoon is to somehow put a tea towel around the book that I have. Uh, I've done a couple practice tries and it's not looking like the magazine. I don't know why. It just looks like, it looks like I wrapped up a book in a, in a towel. (laughs) It doesn't look like a gift presentation at all. Here, here's a pile of laundry. You know, I I don't know. Here's a pile of laundry. Uh, So you're just going to keep trying. You're going with the concept no matter what. You committed to the concept. I could use a rubber band, you know, and just scrunch it up at the top and make some kind of poof on top of it. Yeah, that I don't sounds know. nice. Ooh, but I bought, a- the, I bought the holiday towel. I have the book. I gotta, I'm going to go back in there, try one more time to get these festive knots to make it look good. You can make it happen, Julie. I believe in okay. you. Good luck. You. Good luck. All right. That's our show for the week. Hey, sisters, have a great week. You too, Leah. You too. And don't forget, call your satellite sister.